Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is brought to you by Coen Vioma Law, PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Vern Coen Vioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Coen Vioma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering, community activism, and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. Day to everybody out there, and welcome to a special episode, or actually another episode of Carl and J Man Save the World podcast. I'm your co-host Carl, and this is my best friend J Man here. You are now listening to a still recovering J Man, because for those of you that do follow me on my personal social media accounts, you knew that I was in the city of sin over the weekend. And as, as a matter of fact, I divulged that information. I can't remember if it was our last episode or the episode before that, but I did choose to be a Kahopi and did make that trip. And so I am pretty, pretty exhausted at the moment. And so hence, you know, why Carl's kind of taking up a larger role today as far as the episodes go. But uh, how, how have you been, Carl? I haven't asked you that question in on many, air in quite years, a while. I know that's my, something how many that you years? like to talk about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, like uh, over the weekend, I uh, I went, uh, it was a pretty productive weekend. You know, we, there's a lot of things and uh, especially with Hopi, Hopi loves to do things on the weekend. And we're no different than that. So I went to this wedding reception over the weekend, uh, Sunday, uh, uh, and it was a really nice wedding reception. You know, there's a lot of people there. And of course, food. Food was like the plenty there. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, you had like um, nachos, bel grande there. What? Yeah. You, you know how you had the the waterfall of like the the chocolate sprouting oh, out? Uh, I got excited. I thought it was like a fountain of nacho cheese or something. <laughs> Yeah, and, and everything like that, and it was grand. You know, you had people from all across the the country come over. I, I believe there was some people that came from Canada or something. Oh, and no yeah, yeah, you know they they wanted to share this wedding reception and uh, you know be a part of that, and it was really nice. And I was the photographer, and I pulled out my Polaroid. My Polaroid camera. I don't know if you had one in the in the late nineties. I didn't, but I enjoyed when I did 
get to see one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I pulled that out and I had some extra film there. And it, everybody was all in all about like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, you know, they start talking about their old days. You know, we're like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to have like a Polaroid and everything like that. And, and you know, you, everybody loved Polaroid uh, pictures and everything like that. So I, I really enjoyed myself over the weekend. I had I had a lot of food there. So Miviki, Nokwivi, you oh, know. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was oh, really nice. So congratulations to... Uh, you know, and this is your sister, Sonwai. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's married. So, so big shout out to uh, Sonwai, who is my sister. Yeah. And, and her it's hu- a miracle that she got married. <laughs> <laughs> One of our 30 pack circle of givers. Please continue to contribute, even though I don't know if she already knew, which I'm sure she did that. We're brother and sister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so she's not a Leslie anymore. So she's uh she's a Tukpu. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well so. congratulations. Congratulations to Sonwai and congratulations and to, to the new yeah, to, to the new Satan. New, yeah. new man in the family. And that's an interesting weekend that you had because you know that does fall into today's topic for the episode. Although I did want to get topical today and talk about some uh contemporary news because as I was enjoying myself being Prince Kohopi out in the city of Sin trying to enjoy myself with my buddies that uh, some big news dropped over the weekend and that is um, the Roe v. Wade case was overturned and so I guess really basically what that means is that now states have the ability I guess to legalize abortion or illegalize abortion or you know kind of control that which created this huge uproar and it was interesting because you know i I do check the social media accounts daily and seeing what the feeds provide for me but you know you had a lot of folks commenting on this as you know a lot of people saw it as atrocity as an atrocity and you know an insult to women and to the livelihoods of women to uh i guess you know comparing it to basic human rights yeah as as a woman wanting to yeah. having the choice at least i guess to get an abortion and of course you know our native women were commenting on as well sharing their opinions which i thought was very interesting because i think that we did talk about abortion once before yeah yeah like kind of yeah. kind of in a real small in a real small way but basically you know hopi is that you know if you were to take the the law of hopi i guess is that we're kind of anti-abortionists as well yeah yeah. Do a lot of uh, Hopi women get abortions? I, I wouldn't think so. You know, I, I've never heard. I know my sisters never get abortions. There's like, you know, hundreds <laughs> of kids running around here. So if you see little coyote, coyote kids, yeah, that's from one mother. And I guess for me, it's interesting to see native women commenting on this because I would guess, and I don't know this for a fact, I'm just throwing spaghetti against the wall, but I would guess that most tribes at least as far as their beliefs go, are probably pretty consistent with Hopi in that, you know, killing yeah, yeah. an unborn baby is considered bad. A sin, yeah. It's considered a sin. And so it's really interesting to have that dynamic of indigenous women convert conversating on the topic. But I guess really, you know, thinking about it in contemporary times, it is a different time 
now than it was back in our Soto's time or even back in our great Soto's time, yeah. great, great yeah. Soto's time. And so definitely it's different now. And, you know, I guess really just bringing this up because it is something that a lot of people are talking about and neither you or me have the ability to birth a child. So yeah. I guess we really wouldn't know what that feels like as far as having somebody miles and miles away making the decision for all of the country, I guess, yeah, whether yeah. you can get an abortion or not. And I guess really some women get abortions for bad things that have happened to them, such as like rape or incest or incest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. And so, you know, being forced to, have to sex, do something like that yeah. against the law and then getting impregnated as a result of it. But then also having folks out there, too, that were just being... Uh, that weren't being adult about how they do things, just sleeping with anybody. Yeah, and then wanting to. Yeah, and then then wanting wanting to to abort abort it. I guess those ladies didn't want to celebrate Father's Day. (laughs) 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 But, you know, and so I don't know. It's it's, I I was thinking about it. You know, I really was thinking hard about it when that news first broke because then I thought in my head, it's like, well, you know, as Hope Peace... We're anti-abortionists. Yeah, yeah. We should be proud that it's... You would think we would be celebrating in the streets with all of the rednecks and all of the KKK and all of the real hardcore dedicated Christians and such. But then, you know, to see the social media accounts, to see all the the native ladies out there kind of voicing their negative opinions towards the circumstance because, you know, as women, I guess, you know, they're directly affected by... In a way, yeah. If they plan to have an abortion sometime in their lives, and especially here living in the state of Arizona, which I saw on the news was reported that is a state that's more than likely going to ban abortions. abortions, So, you know, more than likely abortions will be illegal here in the state of Arizona. And, you know, I'm sure that that's going to create more uproar, more protesting, and more messaging on uh, social media. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you know, because we do have that moral stance on like not killing a child, even though it's, you know, it's still in the womb. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we have that moral guidance to say that, yeah, we have never done that in the past. You know, Mm -hmm. Hopis have never done that in the past because that's a living, breathing child. And then when you see, when you hear a native woman saying, you know, that's my body, I want to abort this baby Uh anyway. And you're like, why? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, man. I mean, it's, I guess it's a conversation to have because people don't really, we don't really talk about this. You know, we don't talk about abortion because in Hopi, especially here at the reservation level, like in our heads, it's just automatically, oh, that's Kohopi. Yeah. Like that, that's something that you don't do. And um, I, I guess, you know, for the reasons as to why women get abortions, I'm sure that, you know, some of the bad stuff falls into play there. They were raped yeah. or something to that degree. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I think women, you know, they just mess around, get pregnant and then decide that, you know, just it's probably keep- better for my life if I don't have this baby. Yeah. Because maybe I'm too young or... Maybe like, is it wrong for me as a man to say for a selfish reason to, because I want to have a career Yeah, or I don't want yeah. it to interrupt my education or, you know what I mean? Because then I guess to a degree and not really on the same level that if you're a man and you're out there messing around and you accidentally get the wrong chick pregnant, then you're kind of in that same boat as well. But then I guess a lot of those men hit an abort button just in a different way. <laughs> Hence all the ladies out there, 
that celebrate Father's Day. <laughs> That's the reason why uh, a lot of Hopi women out here have uh, different husbands. That's the reason why. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And, and so, but then you know, we we do have a a female guest as the special guest today. And so, you know, maybe we'll throw this question towards her way but that is something that has definitely happened and then also too another thing that's becoming topical because in one of our past episodes that we did mention the horrible news about the dog attacks that happened in your village yeah and then but now i guess the tribe is finally doing something about it and so there's been some messaging as far as what the moves are going to be to help cut down on i guess the amount of stray dogs that are out on the reservation and so those things are happening. And, you know, and I like to thank the listeners out there for not sending any hate mail our way <laughs> for what my stance was on reservation, reservation dogs, dogs, because, you know, that there are tons of Doug, Doug, Doug dog lovers out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. That really do love their dogs as actual family members. You know, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand where where they're coming from, but most of the dogs that our family members are kept inside. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're kept in like nice little beds and homes for them, and they treat them really well, and they don't really let them out pretty much. You know, only mm-hmm. for maybe bathroom or exercise and stuff like that. But and those those people are the real dog lovers. You know, mm-hmm. dog mm-hmm. lovers out here on the Hopi reservation. You know, they leave their dogs out there till they starve and stuff like that, and till they're eating so. Uh, leftovers on the outside and whatnot and I don't know this is a weird thing but when I was a kid for some reason I used to like to enjoy to watch the animals eat <laughs> like because my soul would do that too she'd throw yeah. out her table scraps yeah and then the dogs would come and then the cats would come and I don't know why I would just sit there and just watch them <laughs> munch out on leftover tacos or leftover whatever you didn't leftover go hot dogs you didn't go and join them and like, go over there hey, and eating with them. Say, hey guys what are you guys doing hey so I was still gonna eat that <laughs> You know, on a much lighter note and everything like that, I believe there was a poll that came out on um, Instagram and, you know, some of the responses that were pretty funny to me. And um, there was, you know, most of the time, what was that? What was that poll like for incentives about um, giveaway giveaways giveaway. and stuff like So, you know, be on the lookout. <clears throat> Carl and J-Man will possibly yeah, be well, doing another giveaway. And so, you know, like to give a big shout out to our newest team member, AJ, who will be putting that together. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some of the responses that were very, very funny were like, you know, uh, the guest spot on the show. I want a guest spot on the show with you guys or like you know year supply of Biki and Somiviki uh, another one of course there was a lot of for like mugs t-shirts with our logo on them and Hopi cookies were like a big hit for all the respond responders and uh, even one one person wrote uh, like you know the poster in the back you know we have this nice little poster the Simpsons poster and you know that was one of the and then the other one that kind of jumped out at me um, was a lunch date with Carl yeah there's no J-Man on there. So. It didn't just say Carl. <laughs> I'm even questioning whether your name was even included on that <laughs> response. It was a lunch date with Carl and J-Man. It's from our guys. So. And uh, another one. This one kind of jumped out at me too as well. I don't know who this person is, but Carl wearing traditional regalia at a at a graduation calendar. I'd like to see that. Happen. I don't want to be, I, you know, she she probably wore her traditional regalia at a graduation. <laughs> That's probably the reason why, you know. 
<laughs> well, thank you for bringing that up. And so, you know, thank you listeners for responding to that poll. And so we will be coming out with something as an attempt to juice up our social media followers through Facebook, Instagram. Don't forget that we are on Twitter and then also to uh, TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is a thing. And so if you want to see the funniest thing in the world, two old guys <laughs> trying to learn how to use TikTok. But Dude. Go ahead. There was one guy that commented. He's like, do the tortilla challenge. And we're like, what the hell is a tortilla? Yeah, what the hell is a tortilla challenge? I had to Google the tortilla (laughs) challenge. And then I had to watch two white people slap each other in the face with a tortilla while their mouth is full of water. And I'm like, this is the whitest stuff that I ever seen before. (laughs) So maybe that'll be happening in the future. But I guess before we get... Before we make this introduction even longer, yeah, <laughs> this is a pretty long ass introduction, but we do have a uh, topic today, and today's actually a throwback topic, a topic to a previous topic that we've already done before, and it's about Hopi marriages again. But then I think really what I wanted to do was that because I shared my my point of view, I shared my experience as a groom being involved within a Hopi wedding. But then I really wanted to bring somebody on that could share the female perspective because then I really do think that, you know, it really changes the story when it's coming from a woman who's actually doing this. Because if you recall from that marriage episode, Carl, that we did pretty much say that the woman is kind of the star of the show yeah yeah when it comes to the wedding and so the man's just kind of really more of like the the backstage hand yeah the guy that pulls up the curtain and then the guy that kind of makes sure everybody's ready and puts them on on showtime but the bride of a hopi wedding is the actual star and then so you know at some point she's back there in the dressing room getting all dolled up getting the costume on getting ready for showtime and so really being given that treatment and then being brought out on and the center stage yeah, yeah when the actual yeah. show begins and so that's who people remember that's who people remember when the bride is sent home after the wedding is over people always talk about how beautiful she looks in her ova her wedding robe all of the other you see because when the progressions start for her to go home the long line of her her kids, if she has kids, and then all her relatives behind her, that she is the one in front. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about, oh, the, the husband <laughs> looks so dashing. Yeah. Wearing his uh, traditional uh, wearing ribbon his, shirt. Wearing his camo jacket <laughs> and the the canelo, the sheep that he was carrying, made him look so much more manly. Like, nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever talks about the man. But rather, it's always the lady. Yeah. It's always yeah. the lady that's talked about. And so definitely their, I guess, preparations for the wedding is different. Yeah. And then also to be able to get a woman's perspective on why Hopi marriages are important, how they see it enhancing their life as a Hopi woman And then what they would like to see for their own children or for the generations ahead. Because, you know, as we've said a hundred times, at least that, you know, we are a matrilineal society. And so really getting that matron perspective on what this is. And so we have that today. And so I guess we'll jump into that conversation once we get back from uh, Uh, this brief commercial. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. 
Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities. And we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Are you 16 to 25 years old and living in Maricopa County? If you are, Native American Connections TREE program provides free counseling, life skill development, housing navigation, and substance use treatment for 16 to 25 years old living in Maricopa County. Grow your roots with TREE. Gift cards are offered at every appointment, so call Tree today at 602-424-2060 or email them at youthtree at nativeconnections.org to sign up today. That's Y-O-U-T-H-T-R-E-E at nativeconnections.org. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingI Squared and on Facebook at NI Squared Team to find out more. And we're back. We are back from commercial, and we would like to introduce a very special guest making her very first appearance on our podcast. We would like to uh, give a warm welcome to Tammy Pahuyama. Is it, Hello, everybody. Is it still Pahuyama? Because I, I, I guess technically, since you're married, that, that would be your, uh, your maiden name? <laughs> well, in our traditional way, yes, it's. I am we're not legally married yet, so I'm gonna keep my last name until until then. <laughs> so so you're just like me. I always tell people when they ask me, like, are you guys married in the white man's way too? And I always tell them like, no, we're only married in the eyes of the creator and not married in the eyes of the, the IRS just yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. But Tammy, could you uh, give your uh, a quick introduction to our listeners? Yeah, good every, um good afternoon everybody. Um new kwang yaisi yang hopi matsiwa. New Tammy puhuyang yang pahan matsiwa. New paka unwa new mung kapiyakita. New in new ni pearl puhuyama ina Tammy puhuyama senior. So good afternoon, everybody. My name is Tammy Puhuyama. I am from the village of Mungkapi. Awesome. Thank you, Tammy. And and so one of the reasons why Tammy is here is to give her perspective, because you did also go through this process that myself and the Res Famous wife went through, that you also indeed had your Hopi wedding and that you gained all of the benefits, life life benefits from that and even into the spiritual world benefits from that. And so I guess that's kind of, you know, what we wanted to talk about, because as I mentioned before that Carl and I did talk about that on a prior episode, but really it was from my perspective. And so Tammy, can you share with us how that all started? Like, uh, were, were you just on a picnic on a, on a Sunday warm afternoon? And then, uh, your now husband at that time, probably your boyfriend, <laughs> got on knee and 
pulled out a a, a turquoise ring and <laughs> turquoise then proposed ring. to you? Or was it kind of similar to my experience <laughs> where there was a lot of uh, conversations and deliberations between uh, your cussing, family cussing and first. his family? <laughs> There's a lot of cussing in your, <laughs> in your proposal first. <laughs> so, um, wow, it, it all began first before the, all the conversation was the trial of if he was good enough to be an in-law. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, oh, my husband, Chris Polivema, and I, gosh, we started back in 2005. Um, we were friends at first. Um, in 2004, he did ask me out a couple of times, and I said, kept saying no. <laughs> so, um, we were friends for a while, started dating in 2005, and from there, after couple of years he was finally good enough to be in um in our family oh wow so after all the trial and error and putting him to work for my brothers and my family they saw what he was um made of so in 2014 we began the whole cycle conversation of taking food and in my case, it was a little bit different. I know there's pro- probably plenty of girls out there who are from a, um, we have two different sides of the family. So my father is actually from Sapalavi, which is second Mesa area, and I am from Munkapi, which is third Mesa. So with that, with our way, we don't take, you know, Nova. However, being respectful to my guys and them from Sapalavi and my soul, they were actually the ones who um, wanted to take food for me. So um, we actually ended up taking food to Chris's family in 2014, which they did Nakwa and they were wanting me and their family. So that just kind of began the whole cycle of preparing of what the next steps were. Wow. So, um, yeah. That, that's where it all begins, where I ended up going to propose to my husband, I guess you would say. <laughs> so so you're the one that pulled out the, the turquoise ring on that warm, sunny afternoon. But and <laughs> I, I guess, Tammy, you know, and I'm really happy that you shared that because it's definitely a different perspective, I think, especially from what Carl and I have been sharing. But from from I guess from your own opinion, just growing up and I guess really was was getting married in the Hopi way, was that something that was always important for you to undergo? Well, like, like, I guess kind of share maybe even just like even way back throughout your life, like what what demonstrated to you the importance of why, why I guess our marriages are important to us? <clears throat> well, maybe uh, like when you were a little girl, did you dream of like oh, getting, yeah. yeah, did you dream about getting married? Did, in did this? you dream about a prince? <laughs> yeah, from, did you from dream K-Town of, yeah, <laughs> prince from K Town. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's a real Mormon. Well, honestly, honestly, I was like every little girl out there, um, you know, wanting that fairy tale Cinderella wedding, and that's what I really looked at, but. You know, growing up older and then my mom taking me to, you know, the Hopi weddings and helping there and everything that we've seen, you know, and it's always been preached to me by my mom, my guys, my souls that, you know, you, you got to marry a Hopi. You got to marry a Hopi. You're the only girl, you know, you're your mom's only daughter. You have to be with a Hopi. So 
growing up with that, you know, it was always embedded in my head. Um, I, I being like um, J-Man, you know, living at Mungkapi, we're just at the border of, you know, the Savas, but um, I've had my share and pick of other other tribal um, people who I dated. But uh, after seeing, you know, going through the process of everybody's weddings that I've been through and, you know, what my mom has taught me growing up, I, I've always wanted to, to bear, marry a Hopi and go through all the processes that we go through um, when we do. Um, it was just a matter of time of, you know, who I was going to marry. And honestly, I didn't ever see me going with um, my husband now because we are totally the complete opposite. <laughs> That's interesting. So who who would have been your ideal husband? Like, What, um, what, what village is he from? <laughs> <laughs> or a mo- what movie did he act in? <laughs> <laughs> well, my my husband actually is from Kikosmobi. Um so I was teasing my husband when I was sharing that, you know, you guys reached out to me. I was like, so I wonder if Carl knows that I'm his Mitwe or if um, he doesn't know that at all. Oh, really? <laughs> he, You're my uh, Mitwe, My husband huh? is Isua. Ah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you, you didn't mention his Oh, name. you're you're talking to Mitwe. <laughs> okay, all right. Good, Mitwe, so. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully he's helping out, so. Oh, he's helping out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, he definitely is. He's he's a huge asset to our family. <laughs> you don't have to butter it that much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's kind of yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry to cut you out, Tammy, but I was going to say, you know, it's kind of in- no, right interesting because I think as Hopis, you know, especially Hopis that come from some of the more traditional families, that when you're being told constantly throughout your life, you need to be with a Hopi, you need to be with a Hopi. That at some point in your mind, you do start to think, you know, if I if I do end up with a Hopi, I hope that they're from this village, because then I know that maybe our villages are more aligned. And, you know, that when we get married growing up, that things are going to be a little bit more consistent in between how we do things, because, you know, it's interesting because I remember, you know, growing up and long before I ever got married that my father would talk to me sometimes. And of course, he'd always have those um, words for me that you need to be with the Hopi. If you want to live this Hopi life and he would tell me that, you know, this is what the old people used to tell us, that if you're going to end up with somebody, the best case scenario is that you end up with somebody from your own village. Yeah, because yeah. then, you know, there's no conversations. It's like, you know, when you're when you marry somebody, it's like, which family are we going to spend Christmas with this year? Oh, yeah. But then when you end up with the same person in the same village, then there's no conversations. There's no- of whose house you're going to for Pawomia. Yeah, there's no animosity about that. It's that it's going to be the same place that's guaranteed. Then he would say, but if you don't end up with somebody from your own village, then the next best thing are the other third Mesa villages, Hotvela, Oraivi, because they're more in tuned with how we do things as far as being a third Mesa village. And, you know, maybe the other Mesas say the same thing that if you don't end up with a then maybe a Sapalave or a Masangnav is the next best option. Oh, yeah. And then after that, then he would say, well, then if you don't end up with somebody from a third Mesa village, then the next best bet is just a Hopi in general. <laughs> somebody from second or first Mesa. Or from Flagstaff or Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would even go so far as to say that if it's not with a Hopi, the next best thing is to be with a Pueblo. 
uh-huh. because then their way is somewhat similar to ours. And then after a Pueblo, then it's just some someone other that, trite. Someone that's black. Some other trite. Someone that's black. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to go down the uh, color gradations from now on. White will be the last one. <laughs> but it was funny to me because, you know, growing up, then I I had that stuck in my head. And so I thought that, you know, if I marry a Hopi, I hope that they're, if they're not from my own village, then hopefully they'll be from one of the third Mesa villages and then, you know, just like Tammy, you know, the Res famous wife, she's also from Kikots movie. So Tammy, I don't know, pre-Chris, have you ever had those thoughts in your head that if I do end up with somebody that's Hopi, I hope that they're from a particular village. Yeah. Have you, have you had anything <laughs> um, like that? I, I actually have. And, and honestly, with me growing up, you know, me being from Mungpapi, I really wasn't um, too much raised from here. We we did a lot of things from my dad's side at the Bolivie, so uh, we kind of grew up with a lot of the values that they have out oh, there right. as well um, until recent, you know, in recent years when my brother, um, my oldest brother started um, kind of doing things out here, that's when we kind of found our way back to here. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you're saying, Jamin, that your father said to you it is true um however with us my my family always preach you know just being with the Hopi and that it would be harder for me to be with somebody that's not Hopi because I would have to constantly explain things that we're going through or hide things that we can't share or just that life would be difficult if I wasn't with the Hopi so um it, it was I've you know we've always been out there and and yeah there there was some other people um, guys that I looked at as candidates, but um, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, like you know, your your now, fairy. Now, now you got to build Chris back up. Carl, I know, and the, that that that's yeah, your job. Yeah, that's, ex- that's Superman. Yeah, exactly. But but anyway, um, <laughs> besides the point. But you know, like like during during when you were growing up, did you ever see yourself being being in that position, like being wanting to get married like that, or was it like a forced? kind of uh, position like that from like your family members? No, I've always wanted to know that know that I was going to marry Hopi um, and, and that's just you know who I was because I wanted to continue doing everything that we do in our cultural ways and as it being preached to us you know that's the only way we can continue and teach and continue teaching everybody you know what we do, what, what the certain meanings of each traditional thing we do here at Hopi. Um, I never wanted to marry outside. I've always known that I wanted to be with a Hopi along with my my siblings as well. We're, we're always, that's what we want in our life. That's interesting. And so Tammy actually had a, a thought because then, you know, when I shared my marriage experience that, I guess ahead of time, like I was nervous, like I was super nervous about it because I knew that it was a lot of pressure because a lot of people contribute. A lot of people give up their own time. A lot of people give up their own money to help pay for some of the things that the weddings need. And, you know, like in in a way that, you know, the, the whole procession becomes about you. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, because I was the groom, that I was just kind of off to the side and helping, you know, set things up, helping put up tarps, helping set up canopies, 
getting things for people that needed <laughs> things, but because the bride is the star, and I guess really because you have more of a spotlight on you, I don't know if you can share like the nervousness that you had ahead of time. Because I remember like the Red Res famous wife before our wedding, she was so terrified. And what she was terrified about was she was afraid of what my guests were going to say. <laughs> there, while they had the mutt fight, she was afraid of what they were going to say about her when they went to go keep the, the secrets on, on Saturday night. And so, you know, because then, you know, as Hopis, we talk a lot. And when these weddings are going to be happening throughout our villages in our traditional way, that people have these conversations. It's like, oh, well, this person always shares party pics on their social media accounts. They're probably <laughs> going to sing about that about yeah. her. Yeah. Or, you know, this person has kids with multiple men that, you know, they're probably going to sing about that when, when she gets married. But can you describe, like, I guess, what your emotions were like as you were coming up to the wedding? What some of the things that you're most fearful about and how you prepared for that? Yeah, um... Gosh, everything that she was thinking about, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Um, when I took Nova, man, I was thinking, oh, man, are they going to hold me up for the longest time so I can get to his house? Are they going to crush my beaky? Or, But I was, I was so nervous then. But thankfully, his guests weren't that intuitive of making me um, suffer. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I came closer to the wedding, I, I just. You know, I kept on, before we even did all of that, I kept asking Chris, you know, are you sh for sure ready for this step? This is forever. Um, whenever we go, I'm still bonded to you in the next lifetime. Are you sure you want to be stuck with me? So we've had those conversations time and time again. But when it came to the wedding, I, I was so nervous, wondering if I was going to you know, hacked the whole four days of grinding corn if I was going to finish or, you know, and, and then just seeing my, my family come that Friday after they came to um, mud fight. I was so relieved when I see my mom and them. And it's just me being away from them for even just that four days of grinding corn. It, it was so emotional. And then during the, the nighttime, you know, when what they were going to come to, people uh, to me or dance to me what they were going to say to me what the signs were all going to say so I, I actually stayed out of the of the social media light for a couple of years prior to our wedding um, because I know that's the, the new norm is oh let's go look at the social media see what she's posting up or let me see what, what's on here what she's saying about my boyfriend or something like that so And then after the whole process was over with the wedding, um, you know, my husband coming in the door with my ova, I, I, I just wanted to cry, um, feeling happiness of, you know, I finished, I, I accomplished everything that my in-laws, you know, wanted to see out of me. And, and just, you know, that final hug from my mom, knowing that, you know, I made her proud. I made her proud of earning my ova and, and, doing what she had set out for me in her her life as her only daughter so my emotions were all over I was scared I was nervous I was happy um and so much more but in the preparation that goes into our Hopi weddings for the girl side I 
always talk to my mom about that, asking why, you know, why we women put so much effort into to wanting this guy and for our ova because, you know, there's all these steps that we have to take in, in taking food, the wedding, and then after that, we still pay back for our ova and everything. Then we're in debt to so many people for helping us out. And then you still have to make go make pick on me for the you know your in laws and everything. So it, it's a lot. It's a lot for us women um, to go through our hopey wedding, especially when we're the ones that actually um, propose to our husbands. <laughs> so um, I hope they all appreciate us for all the hard work we go through. <laughs> it, it it is. It, it's it's such so much emotion. Like you're like you're saying. Yeah, you're so appreciative to everybody that comes out. And I think that, you know, one of the points that Carl and I talked about on the last episode, it was that we talked about the cost of what it takes to put on a wedding. And I think the last time we talked about 200 to $300 of head per sheep for uh, the, the groom side. And then so on on the bride side, it's a little bit different uh, that the bride does provide different resources. And so, Tammy, what was that like to coordinate with your family to try to get everything that you needed on your end to make this wedding happen. Uh, thankfully, my mom handled all of that. She, you know, was the go-to person about getting everybody together to help donate. And um, the biggest thing was, you know, having enough of your blue corn to even take for your wedding. Uh, that's the biggest, biggest and most expensive um I would say because it's a hard work and dedication from your your brothers, your fathers who plant every season for you to be able to um, utilize that during, you know, these times. But other than that, you know, the pahanamni and even just baking with everything, it, it, it's quite costly. Um, I It would be, I, I say it's more expensive than even having a pahan wedding because we do this what three times that we have to take stuff so um it's it's quite a way on your pocket <laughs> it is it's very expensive and like as you mentioned before being in debt for the rest of your life practically because then you know it, it's kind of a little bit different i think than being in debt with the bank but being in debt with all these relatives and people who helped out and then having this long checklist of names. And then when things come up in other villages that you're just trying to cross names off and try to help them out in the way that you were helped out. And, you know, that that's kind of one of the things that I, I've learned, you know, from my own mother and from my wife. And then Tammy, it sounds like you experienced this yourself with your own mother of being just a helpful person when relatives have things going on, whether those are baby namings, some sort of not yeah that's going on, and then just you know showing up and getting uh, participation points, brownie points, so that way when it's your turn to host something, that then they help, you then out. they come yeah. and help you out yeah, because yeah. then you know it it really does become important, and whether it's something for yourself or maybe you know later on down the line it's something for your own children, but Tammy, I guess you know. Because me and Carl, we made this this declaration that we didn't think Hopi weddings happen as much now 
And I've heard like so many kind of derogatory comments from Hopis as to dating our own kind, which I always find kind of odd because, you know, as much as people like us talk about and preach of, you know, being with your own tribe. But I've heard other Hopis say that I don't want to be with another Hopi because we're all we've all been with each other <laughs> and I, I, I don't want to eat from the same fishbowl. That the fish are pooping in and, and, and such. But, you know, kind of hearing those statements, it does kind of make you feel bad and it kind of makes you want to encourage folks that, you know, we need to keep things like this like alive, yeah. and, you know, in order to keep them alive and strong. That a lot of times that it happens when both parents within a relationship are hoping. But Tammy, what are some things that you think about or how would you go about talking to like maybe younger women uh, young girls within your own family of encouraging them, maybe not necessarily really to get married in the Hopi way, but at least encouraging them to continue to keep our tradition strong or anything in regards to even that to a Hopi wedding. Yeah, well, before she answered that, you know, like the traditions of like Hopi weddings have grown so big, you know, because mm-hmm. like during Soul's time, you know, mm-hmm. the traditional way of just getting married is her taking food to the guy and then seeing he accepts it. If he doesn't accept, then pretty much then there's this whole other ritual that's based around it. But when they do, yeah, of course, they, they have this whole wedding planned out. And of course, there was no like um, like there, his his guys didn't go in the middle of the night go and like you know sing to you know the the mm-hmm. newlywed mm-hmm. there was nothing like that you know that's a that's a newly added oh really yeah that's a newly added thing there that mm-hmm. to the hopi weddings and stuff like that and so like you know so, keeping, so you're saying like 20 years from now it's going to be a minimum to have it, 100 sheep no no the minimum is probably going to have like a dj coming on <laughs> <laughs> you have to have like a dj dj budget in but, order but, for your before, before the guests come out it's gonna be a burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Yep, you have to have like your uh, DJ budget that that comes on and stuff like that. But yeah, like a lot of the a lot of traditions and stuff like that that we don't really know about like traditional weddings. We just kind of do it because we saw it before done before like this. Some other place. Yeah, it's some other places like that, not knowing really what what's you know what the real tradition any meaning behind it yeah yeah like you know because like when soul had like sheep there was only like maybe four or five sheep mm-hmm. and that was it there was nothing like this 200 sheep count. buying a whole herd yeah the local navajo family <laughs> you know and it, it it's so weird how we we fight you know we, we fight for tradition but yet it's not really traditional like that <laughs> But yeah, like what uh, like what J Man was asking you, Tammy, is that um, like do you have like what what sort of advice do you have for like younger girls to if they really want to do this? Like what what do you what what sort of advice do you have for them? God, just um, for me, you know how I learned is you you have to start them young start taking them to you know different things that we go to the weddings the tiqatis you know um, the dances showing them how to prep and what your role as a you know a woman is for Hopi Um, it's easier to explain it to them but for them to really understand I, I would tell them you know go and go out there and do it don't um, I'll probably get my head bit off, but don't be uh, uh, just a weekend hopey. You know, you have to invest your time and your effort in what we do and what we, you know, preach as hopey. And just 
every effort is, is important. Um, and for Hopi weddings, uh, you know, my mom always said, you got to make sure it's in a shikaita. She always said that. So that's, you know, one important thing with the Hopi weddings and what we do. It's, it's not for show and it's not an easy process. It's something that we have to cherish a lifetime. And, and nowadays in 2020, you know, marriage, like you guys always tease marriages don't often last. And, and this is a lot of work that we go through as, you know, Hopi women, what, what all the funds, all the people who invest in your, your time, it's a lot. And it's sad that, you know, some of these marriage marriages don't last. However, but for the young youth, you need to be a, a proactive, active in your culture, get in there, get dirty, clean some, you know, sheep or whatever. But that's the way I learned and, and learned the value of what, you know, why it's important for us Hopi, to learn what we have here, even though it's the new and what haven't it was back then. Like Carl said, you know, there never used to be dancing or anything at weddings. And, and that's, that's true for, you know, House of Fall. Second Mesa Way, they don't do the dancing. It's mostly us here at Third Mesa Way. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, that's that's one thing that uh, Soul uh, mentioned about that thing. And it's like the, the payback as well, too. Like, you know, paying back for her ova was done really quickly because at, at, a, at a traditional Hopi wedding, there wasn't a lot of people. It was just mainly just the, the, the village mm-hmm. itself that was involved. More, more, more personal. Yeah, it was more, more personal, personal like that. And, you know, like nowadays we have like... 50 to 60 trucks just full of um, you know and you know yeah cakes and pies and stuff like that and And then you have to assign relatives to watch the patients yeah and it's like you know then you have this guest book that they you know they have to sign (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then it's gotten so bad that the ladies are really measuring how much numni that they brought? Did they bring a large can or a small can? <laughs> yeah. A medium sized can. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it, it's gone to the point where we're like, you know, it's, when you bring pie, they're counting how many slices can be cut out from that pie. <laughs> if it's uh, apple pie or yeah, not. Yeah. And then you get more points it's if it's a, blueberry a pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. It, it has become a competition to see who has the bigger wedding. You know, it's not, we become like <laughs> Prince Charles and uh, Princess Diane. Yeah. Princess Diane. You know, we, we become like that. It, it, sooner or later, I'm pretty sure Hopi weddings are going to be televised. <laughs> <laughs> well, already made the newspapers. So. I, I think that already had happened. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We already made it onto the newspaper. That's right. <laughs> but it's it's an interesting thing, and you know, Tammy, I, I think that you know, at some point, Carl and I, we haven't really talked about this a whole lot because we've only had a handful of um, episodes dedicated to relationships. But and I guess you know, your your upbringing is probably similar similar to a lot of folks. And, you know, I, I have to remind myself that maybe it's my upbringing that's different because you rarely find people this these day, this day and age whose both parents are from the same village. Yeah. That, you yeah. know, your, your upbringing mm-hmm. is probably more common to where, you know, you're kind of already doing things in different villages all throughout your life and then to marry somebody from a different village. And so I guess really, you know, that experience of having to be there for your husband 
at a different village that one that you've never probably really had a whole lot of uh, experience within. But how, how did that change as far as having to be involved with a whole nother village with a whole nother community? Uh, um, honestly, I, I adapted pretty quickly to, you know, uh, where my husband's from. Um, a lot of the things that they do at Kikos Mobi uh, is similar to what we do here at Mungkapi, as well as some of the things they do at um, towards Second Mesa Way is also the thing they do there. So um, being from a family that it has somebody from Second Mesa and then Third Mesa, it, it wasn't really a big transition there. Um, and really just the, the basic rule is being respectful to, you know, whatever they, they believe or how they grew up. Um, and just every day is a learning experience for me, even when I'm at my in-laws house. So, um, yeah, I, I just I, I didn't really have a hard time adapting to how they do things at Kikot's movie. Mm, yeah, it's like, um, you know, uh, well, like like what I said before, too, is that uh, it's weird how Hopi is like one unit. You know, we call mm-hmm. ourselves Hopis, but yet. Mm-hmm. In each village or each, um, you know, each, yeah, each village or each, each mesa. subdivision. Yeah, it, it, we do things a little differently, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it all it all means the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't see a problem like, you know, converting to like first mesa or second mesa. I, I'd like to see you date a first mesa girl and let's see if your perspective is still the <laughs> oh, same. Oh, yeah? Well, no, I'm going to date a black woman. <laughs> <laughs> but before before we run out of time on, on this episode, I do have it on my format again today and Tammy with you being here giving the female perspective and maybe just giving a little bit of encouragement to my buddy Carl what's a good way for Carl to find a nice Hopi girl and make soul happy I already found one <laughs> well I think Carl needs to lower his standards just a little bit and look outside <laughs> the box <Dang. laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt to go outside of Port Bella there is a lot of good girls out in other villages, Carl. So um, <laughs> maybe Chris and I can keep looking for one for you. <laughs> I, I, well, I think that should be a part of the upcoming giveaway that we're going to oh, yeah. do. Maybe we should cut J-Man's you, you know, name my standard. out of that one request and do a, a lunch <laughs> date with dinner, a lunch date with Carl, and we'll see who signs up for uh, that. My uh, my standard is, is that if you know how to make tacos, not... Like you know, standard uh, dikive tacos. <laughs> then you're then you're probably the one. But I, I guess you know, coming from 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 your own mouth, Tammy, because you did mention this, and I thought that that was really interesting. But it's very true for a lot of families that you did say that Chris had to earn his way into be being an acceptable person within your family. And, you know, Carl and I, we've talked about this quite a, quite a bit, but coming from our own perspective, but from a Hopi woman's perspective, what makes a good husband or what makes, uh, what are some good characteristics for potential husbands out there to make a good Hopi husband? God, um, knowing how to, knowing how to plant your own corn, the fossa, how much hard work that is, um, you know, speaking Hopi or being able to speak to, you know, your family members in Hopi, doing things in our traditional way and um, just not being lazy, always, always working hard and showing your in-laws that, you know, you'll do anything for them. 
so I think that's what, what my family likes in Chris and that he's really um, open and, you know, conversates with them and doesn't, you know, just hide in the, the bedroom or anything like that. But he's a, he's a really hardworking man, Chris. So that, that's what my family really enjoys about him. I didn't, I didn't hear anything about like uh, getting the high score on Halo or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or, ha- or has like, you no, know, or like, he, uh, you he's know. He's not a computer person. <laughs> Carl, Carl was trying to find some check boxes yeah, for trying, himself. Yeah, so trying, yeah it's like I, I have Halo <laughs> and I have Fallout 4, I have uh, Gundam. <laughs> or maybe, or and, maybe. And it's funny, I have a funny story about Chris, but when I first had met him and I had introduced him to my brothers. Uh, they they were cracking up because they didn't believe me that I was dating Chris. Um, my younger brother had had said, "Oh man, are you? Is it is it that guy that wears the purple sponge jersey at Sapalabi all the time?" <laughs> <laughs> so every time we we always crack a joke about that. That you know, he's the one I ended up picking, the one in the purple sponge jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even want to know what my wife's family what their jokes are about me yeah you probably don't want to know i know all of them <laughs> <laughs> all right well you know it, it's it's been such a pleasure listening to you and your stories like that especially the knowledge especially from a woman that actually has gone through mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, traditional mm-hmm. wedding like this and you know thank you again for for being on the podcast you know and we wish you all the luck Mitwi. we wish you all the best for all of that and i'm sure that you know how to make you know somiviki and you know how to make everything like that and you know everything that all comes with the the wedding tassels and everything like that so thank you again and so tammy if you have any final words for us and our listeners i don't just continue to listen to jayman and carl all right well thank you again for being on the (laughs) show So if you guys got this far on the podcast, you know, I congratulate you. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, J-Man here, he's getting over the weekend. And so I I got like half energy today. (laughs) I apologize. Well, you know, if you guys want to donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become a monthly donor. It's only $1.99 or $4.99. You pick your poison, you pick your stuff and you become a 30 pack sponsor. And we appreciate all the soda pop that is on our table right now. You know, or if you guys want to just donate a dollar or more, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast 85 to donate one dollar or more. It was funny because when I was in Vegas over the weekend, a lot of the listeners were commenting and saying that, oh, J-Man chose to be a Kohopi instead of being a good Hopi, <laughs> staying home and praying for rain. But I'm happy to say that it rained e- anyway. God damn it. Not, so, a, not because of so, you. So regardless of me being in <laughs> Vegas or not, no, I'm just kidding. But if you are not following us on our social medias, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We are on TikTok, and so uh, please subscribe to us if you are on that social media platform and that uh, you can follow us at YouTube. We will be bringing some content to YouTube. We did identify somebody that will help us out with that. And uh, I guess I think that's it. Actually, you know, I always forget, but if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. And if you're listening to this on something other than Spotify, don't forget to go back and listen to us a second time on Spotify, because then that helps us out as well. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man's.
so long. Quack, quack.